You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for February 11th, 2024, the last Sunday after the Epiphany. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend John Kennedy. It's based on Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Good morning, all. Now, as if I need to tell you, today is Super Bowl Sunday, the biggest day in the biggest sport in America. This year, the Kansas City Chiefs are facing off against the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas, and both are seeking glory, the ultimate glory of being Super Bowl champions. And this year's Super Bowl, that's number 58, and just a little aside, I think that alongside excellence in athletic competition and our great traditions of of Super Bowl ads and halftime shows, perhaps the great cultural contribution of the Super Bowl is that it helps Americans remember how to read Roman numerals. (laughs) But anyway, Super Bowl 58 might be the most expensive in history, so I've read. Uh, Airports have run out of spaces for private jets. A standard room at the Bellagio, granted one of the ritzier on the Las Vegas Strip, but nonetheless going for about $2,000 a night. Tickets for the game cost about $9,000 on average, which is an historic high, and 68 million Americans are expected to bet about $23 billion on the outcome. Never mind bets on whether Travis Kelsey will propose to Taylor Swift as well as what color top she'll be wearing. The favorite is red, not exactly an insider tip. Um, So this is a big day. And of course, there is glory to be had. Glory here, of course, means high renown or honor won by notable achievements. Now, I became interested in this idea of Super Bowl glory and its prevalence in Super Bowl media and coverage because today is also the last Sunday before Ash Wednesday and Lent. And it is sometimes known as Transfiguration Sunday because every uh, Sunday this uh, gospel, which we just heard read by Father Peter, is of the Transfiguration, when Jesus is revealed in his divine glory and splendor upon a mountain. Or as our opening prayer, or colic, puts it, uh, God, before the passion of your only begotten Son, you revealed his glory upon the holy mountain. His glory was revealed upon the holy mountain. A Google search for Super Bowl and glory turns up headlines and videos with titles such as Will 49ers, 29 years without an NFL title, return to legacy of Super Bowl glory? Or Glory Days, rundown of every Miami Dolphins Super Bowl appearance, relive the Dolphins' glory days before their Super Bowl drought? Or the Super Bowl experience, 50 years of glory. Obviously, that's a few years old now. Or Travis Kelsey reveals he wants Super Bowl glory even more. And it goes on. I won't bore you with more. Now, as great and glorious as a Super Bowl win is, and obviously it is, it is ultimately a glory that does not last. It fades, and that reality is indicated by some of the titles I just read to you. 
Will the 49ers, 29 years without an NFL title, return to Super Bowl glory? Glory once won is not glory retained forever. You must get it again. Same goes for Travis Kelsey's comments about wanting Super Bowl glory even more. He's already a Super Bowl champion, but you got to keep going. It reminds me of the scene in Mad Men when Don Draper says during a pitch, uh, this is, of course, in the advertising world, for, for those who may not know. He says, what is happiness? It's a moment before you need more happiness. You get hungry even though you've just eaten. That's how this sort of glory often works. And now it's not just Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs and the 49ers and everybody else in the NFL who is after this sort of glory. We seek this kind of glory, too, in, in the many ways that we do. And this is okay, and, and even good, as far as it goes. But of course, this kind of glory ultimately fades. Sometimes quickly, sometimes gradually, but it all fades. But is this the kind of glory that was revealed in the transfiguration of Jesus upon the high mountain? Well, while this conventional sense of glory as honor and renown does appear throughout the scriptures, often in reference to God, this is not the sort of glory that is being talked about and that was revealed in the transfiguration. There is another and more important and mysterious sense of glory that is on display here. In the Hebrew scriptures, the glory of God is the divine aura. It shines forth. It is the magnificence, the holiness, the radiance of God. It is talked about throughout the scriptures. It makes appearances, manifestations throughout the scriptures, especially notably are its appearances in the book of Exodus and later in the Torah. And there the Hebrew word used literally means heaviness. It is like the divine heaviness. It is the incomprehensible brightness of God's very being. Now, the fact that this glory goes beyond our ability to comprehend, that it goes beyond our categories, is attested to by the many metaphors that are used for it in Scripture. It is talked about as being like a cloud or like a fire as being very light, like the light of the sun, but also being very heavy. It is something that is profoundly mysterious. It is really the heart of the mystery of God itself. And this is the glory that is revealed in the transfiguration of Jesus. His divine nature shines forth in its fullness. And this is a glory that does not fade. And it is a glory that is not only for God and for Jesus, it is for us as well. This is the Christian mystery, that we are drawn into Christ as the body of Christ to share his very life and indeed to share his glory. As the opening prayer for today continues from what I quoted before, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. 
This language of glory to glory comes from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, which we had a reading from uh, just earlier in the liturgy today. Earlier in the text, in chapter 3, it says, All of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. And this is a glory that is normally invisible to the eye, except in rare circumstances, like the Transfiguration, or, as many people report, experiencing and indeed seeing in near-death experiences, seeing this indescribable beauty and, and brightness. Even though it's normally invisible to our eye, it's not something we see in that way, it is no less real. And in fact, it is more real than any earthly glory. The Transfiguration is a preview of sorts of Jesus' resurrection. It comes after, just after Jesus has begun to speak about his impending death on the cross. It is a way of showing what lies on the other side of it. And likewise, as it appears in our liturgical calendar, right before the Lenten pilgrimage, when we follow Jesus ultimately in the way of the cross, it is a sign of what awaits us who really follow and undertake this pilgrimage in earnest. In Eastern Christianity, it has long been thought that the Transfiguration is a prototype of the sort of spiritual illumination that is possible for every committed disciple of Jesus. So as we stand here on the precipice of Lent, may we listen to Jesus. The voice from the cloud in the story, the voice of God says, this is my son, listen to him. May we listen to him and follow him and be changed with him from one degree of glory to another. Amen. can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanaan.org.